ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يتع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدى هدى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار اما بعد before we start with discussing the chosen topic we start with reminding ourselves that the muslim is one who has submitted to the one true god the lord and creator of the heavens and the earth the muslim is one who has submitted to his oneness and to his will he worships him alone and he believes in everything that has come from him and everything that comes from him the muslim believes in one or the muslim is one who has submitted to to the will of the creator of the heavens and the earth the muslim believes that this lord is a lord that speaks and addresses his creation through revelation that he reveals to them the muslim is one who has submitted to all of this and believes in this and acts upon all of this he believes that god the almighty that allah the almighty that he reveals to whomsoever he wills and whomsoever he chooses and he did so to or with many of the prophets throughout the generations and throughout time and he did so with the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam one of the signs and miracles that he showed to muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam was the night journey that he took him upon taking him from mecca in arabia to jerusalem to jerusalem in a single night now where he met the prophets and led them in prayer 
after which he was then taken up through the heavens. He was taken up through the heavens and back down all in a single night. From Mecca to Jerusalem and back, not alone, without the journey up into the heavens, was a journey impossible to, to make in a single night, in that time. But he was back by the morning and he relayed to the people that miraculous journey that he had just experienced. And when this reached the pagans of Mecca, they came to the one who they saw as, as he said, his right-hand man, or from the foremost of believers and followers of Muhammad, they came to Abu Bakr Siddiq and they said, have you heard what your companion is saying? Have you heard what your companion is saying? To which Abu Bakr Siddiq, he responded and he said, And if he said that, then indeed he spoke the truth. Indeed, I have believed in him, in that which is further and greater than that. I believe in him receiving news from the heavens, revelation, wahi. That itself is a miracle, a greater miracle, according to Abu Bakr Siddiq. So just like this, the Muslim believes in him receiving, in Muhammad وسلم, receiving revelation, receiving news from the heavens. And this revelation that he received was a miracle. The Muslim has submitted to all of this and he believes in that which has come from him and that which was revealed to him. And with this as the premise and yeah, reminding ourselves of this, we focus on a couple of prophetic narrations, statements made by the Messenger Muhammad sallallahu Narrations that, that have been authentically established upon him. The first, that hadith recorded by Abu Dawood and Imam Ahmed with authentic chains going back to Abdullah ibn Umar the companion Abdullah ibn Umar wherein he mentioned that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa he said إِذَا تَبَايَعْتُمْ بِالْعِينَ When you trade with Al-Ina and for now we'll just briefly describe that as a transaction which is haram 
and involves a form of usury, but in a manner which involves guile and trickery. So when you partake in this, this transaction, and when you hold on to the tails of cows and are pleased with agriculture, and when you abandon and forsake the jihad, Allah will sallat. Allah. Allah will impose or enforce humiliation upon you. He will enforce humiliation upon you. Notice how here, how the Messenger Muhammad he said here, Sallallahu, Allah is the doer. He is the doer. He will enforce, impose. That's how we can translate the word Sallat, the verb. He will enforce, inflict, impose upon you humiliation, ظلن. لا ينزعوا عنكم حتى ترجعوا إلى دينكم. He will not remove that from you, that humiliation, until you return back to your religion. This is the first hadith we want to focus on and make mention of. Going back to that which we just heard, then regarding that first description that the Messenger Muhammad gave, when you partake in this transaction known as Al-Ina. Al-Ina, my brothers, is as the scholars they explain and using specifically the example given by Sheikh Muhammad Nasr al-Din al-Bani. And a similar example given by many of the scholars, Sheikh Muhammad bin Salih al and others. Rahimahumullah. The best way to understand this is an example that was given. If a man was to go to a showroom that sells cars and he buys a vehicle for 20,000 pounds, let's use pounds in this example. 20,000 pounds, he buys a car. And the agreement is that he pays this amount, 20,000 pounds, over a year. So he buys, the, he purchases the vehicle for 20,000. However, without taking the vehicle, the vehicle never leaves the showroom and he comes back, the, the buyer, returns back to the seller, to the showroom, and he sells the vehicle back to the showroom for 15,000, as an example. For 15,000. This is Al-Ina. Because here, this is a deceptive way of, of benefiting from that which is haram, but in a way where, the, where an attempt is made to evade the prohibition, using trickery and guile. So if you look at it, the buyer has, has taken 15,000 
pounds. He's, he's received 15,000 pounds with the agreement, in essence, to pay 20,000 back because that first agreement is still in place. So he, he, he leaves the showroom with 15,000, right? Because he's, he sold the car back to the showroom. So the showroom gives him 15,000. So he takes 15,000 and in return he pays how much? 20,000. That agreement is still in place. So he, in essence, has taken a loan with some interest. He's taken a loan with an interest that goes back. An interest, it's in the interest. And the showroom has given him a loan with some interest. Wadah, is that clear? That is Al-Ina. That is Al-Ina. Yani using, use, using trickery, healer, as is mentioned in the explanation. This is a transaction which involves trickery and guile. Um, in order to benefit from that which is haram, however, it is done in a manner which yani, is cunning. Um, in order to, uh, again, to evade the haram, or uh, yani to, to give off the perception, we should say, that they are not falling into haram, such as was the way of the Yahud and Bani Israel with the, uh, the, 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 fact, the fact that was prohibited, uh, for the, yani, that they were prohibited from, the fact of, 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 of the animals and cattle, and likewise with the sept, that which they did in order to benefit from uh, that which Allah had forbidden from them, but in a way which involved trickery. This was from the way of the Yahud. And so here, the Messenger of Allah is describing how this Ummah will fall into the same. And he explained elsewhere that we would follow the nations that came before. Hence, arm span by arm span, hand span by hand, hand span. And so from this nation, those who will fall into the exact same, use trickery to get around rulings, prohibitions. And as the scholars have mentioned, this is not specific to only this type of transaction, but any similar type of transaction, wherein the Muslims, they have reached this level where they attempt to benefit from that which is haram, but they have stooped to this level. And they, in essence, partake in that which is haram. They transgress. They transgress and they partake in haram. And this, this transaction is an example to show how not, it's not just a simple falling into the, pro the prohibited matters, but the manner in which it's done, the manner in which it's done, using trickery, that the Muslims would fall, يعني, or, or, or will stoop to this level. Now, as for the statement of the Messenger of Allah, and when you hold on to the tales of cows, both of the, the, oh, these three descriptions go together, hand in hand. When you hold on to the tales of cattle and when you are pleased with agriculture and you abandon and forsake jihad, 
that this is in a reference or this is a reference to the love of life and the leaving off of those important matters in the religion that are from the religion and because very commonly when the love of life the love of the life of this world enters the heart then the love of the akhirah leaves very commonly when someone loves the life of this world and yeah and he strives hard for the life of this world and he, yeah, and he enjoys the life of this world then he does so at the expense of the life of the hereafter and so he falls into that which has been previously mentioned he falls into the haram and abandons the uh, the uh, rulings that are clearly laid out in the religion the halal and the haram and yani, to this degree wherein trickery is used and so on however the general benefit or meaning that we take from this hadith is that the Muslims when they fall into the likes of this when they become weak in the religion to this extent where they fall into the haram and they go about partaking in the haram and indulging in the haram in such a manner in such a manner and they leave off those important matters in their religion the fundamentals of the religion jihad jihad and we're going to come to this word because yes the prophet muhammad وسلم, he said jihad and we say jihad yes when the muslims abandon jihad when these affairs take place then there is a result there is a result that comes about so this hadith in includes conditional uh, sentences that when these conditions are met or present then the following results will take place when the muslims do such and such then the result is that Allah will humiliate them. When those conditions are present, this will take place. And so here it is apt and suitable for us to bring to the minds another hadith which is closely connected to this hadith that we just mentioned. And we could even say that it is a more detailed description of that humiliation. The hadith also recorded by the same two Imams, Abu Dawood and Ahmed, both of them. But this time from uh, a Thawban, who said that the Messenger of Allah, وسلم, he said, Yushik al Umam, Yushik al Umam, alaykum. The nations assume to invite one another against you. Kama al-akala ila 
just as the the uh, the guests who have gathered around to eat or those who have gathered around the table to eat invite one another to the platter to come and eat and take and so a man said will we be few and little few in number on that day to which the messenger of Allah وسلم, he responded and said rather on that day you will be many you will be many in number However, you will be like the froth or, or, or foam that is found at the banks of the ocean, at the top of the, the ocean. That froth and foam that you find that, de that, that develops, that is يعني, moved around with the waves with such ease you will be like that and then the messenger of Allah he continued and he said and Allah will remove from the chest of your enemies the fear that they used to have of you he would remove that fear that they used to have that rub that fear that they have once had of the muslims allah will remove that notice again how allah will remove it allah will remove it from their chest Allah again. The Messenger وسلم, he said, Allah will throw into your hearts Al-Wahan. And so the companions they said, Ya Rasulullah, Al-Wahan. O Messenger of Allah, what is Al-Wahan? Describe it to us. He said, dunya wa maut. He said, it is love for the life of this world and to detest and hate death. Now, tell me, Ikhwan, is this what we've just heard? Not self-explanatory and what we see and what we've seen just in our lifetime what we, we, we see before our eyes taking place يعني, to the Muslim Ummah right now as we speak and again in our life just in our lifetime what we've seen over the past few years I read just the other day how 
just the U.S. alone. The U.S. alone, from 1980 till now, 1980, we're just looking at from 1980, this period of time, from 1980 until now, over 14 Muslim countries they have either bombed or invaded. That's from, that's just 1980 till now. For 14, over 14 Muslim countries that they've bombed or invaded. That's just the US. And then even if we don't look at that time period, we go even further back and we look and we extend that to the Brits, to the British and to the, to the French and the, and the other European countries or other European countries who invaded or bombed or uh, seized land or attempted to colonize Muslim countries. Is this not exactly as how the Messenger of Allah described to us? Now, have we not seen just, just in, our in, in, in our lifetime, your lifetime, Iraq, Syria, Syria, Afghanistan, Lebanon, Palestine, and more? Just in our lifetime. All of this in reality intensifies and makes stronger the belief of the Muslim. The belief of the Muslim that he has in Islam, in that the Messenger Muhammad he described accurately all of this. And simultaneously, he, within the same breath, he explained the only solution. The only solution for us, as an Ummah, for us to have this humiliation removed, he said that Allah Taala, the one, the, that the one who placed this humiliation upon the Muslims in the first place, that he is the one that will remove it. And so by only returning to the one who allowed and enforced, because the Messenger Muhammad described it as Salat. Salat Allah alaykum dhulman. Allah will impose Salat. This is the meaning, to impose and to, to enforce. It will happen without that. Allah will make it happen. He will humiliate you. And the only way we can remove it is by returning back to him. Returning back to that which pleases him. Returning back to deenikum, to your religion. Returning back to the religion with everything that it, it teaches. First and foremost, uh, in, in its fundamentals, in its fundamentals, in the pillars of the religion, returning back to the pillars of Iman and the pillars of Islam. Returning back to Tawheed. For if it is the case that Allah Ta'ala will punish the, the Muslim nation with humiliation due to them partaking in haram transactions, then what about and, and, and them loving the life of this world? Then what about then if they they fall into that which is greater. If they fall into major, major opposition 
to the fundamentals of the religion. Tawheed, the very first pillar. The shahada to worship Allah alone. What about then if they fall into worshipping others besides him, directing worship to, to other than him, by worshipping the, the, the righteous? And it's not hidden from anyone that the Muslim Ummah has fallen into this. There are those from the Muslims who say the testimony. They say it with the tongue that nothing has the right to be worshipped in truth except for Allah. Many of them unaware of what it actually means. Believing it to mean that there's no, as long as we testify that there's no creator except for Allah, then it makes us Muslim. Or oh, that is the meaning of the Shahada. Completely oblivious to the fact that its meaning is that there is nothing worthy of worship except for Allah and that all worship is to be directed solely to Him. And so leading many from the Muslims to oppose the very foundation, the Aswal Usul, the foundation of all of the foundations of the religion. If they fall into that, if, if they can, if them falling into the haram by dealing with interest in, in, in a manner which involves trickery, just usury in interest, that Allah will send down his humiliation, then what about that? Sheikh Ibn Athameen, rahimahullah, when describing this hadith, he said that during the battle of Uhud, the battle of Uhud, when the messenger Muhammad he gave the instruction to a number of, or a band of the Sahaba to maintain their positions and their posts where he had placed them on the mountain, the archers, that they should not they should not move away from their positions. Even if it seems apparent to them that the war is over and that they've won the battle. A clear and precise instruction not to move away from their posts. But then, لَمَّا أَرَادُ الدُّنْيَا Ibn Athameen, rahimahullah, he said. But when they wanted the dunya, when they wanted the spoils of war, and they thought about this, and they gave precedence to that over the command of the Messenger Muhammad, and they opposed him in his instruction, then Allah brought about humiliation to them. And they lost unnecessarily due to this. Due to them desiring the spoils of war. The companions of the Messenger Muhammad, the Sahaba, those who we say about them, all of them, that any mistakes that they made, then they are muqtafar. They are drowned in the ocean of good and virtues that they all possess. But yet even with that, just this one opposition to the command of the Messenger Muhammad Allah taught them this severe lesson and this harsh lesson. Over 70 companions were, were, were then martyred, as is mentioned, as a result of this. Then what about other than them? What about other than them from the Ummah who oppose the Sharia? Now, and so this was mentioned by a Sheikh uh, Muhammad ibn Salih al-Thameen. Now, 
And so the only way in removing that humiliation is to return back to the one who brought about this humiliation upon us and allowed it to take place and before all the Muslims by returning back to him, returning back to the religion, returning back to his foundations, returning back to its rulings. Now, and by returning back to having that love for the hereafter and moving away and to, to, yani returning back from loving the life of this world now and returning back to jihad jihad because within the hadith jihad when you abandon jihad with all its types because jihad jihad it's only proper that we mention a word here concerning jihad because the enemies of, of al-islam those who seek to to portray islam as a religion that is barbaric and attempt to portray it in a negative light they have taken this word jihad and have used it in a way and, and explained it in a way and continue to explain it in a way in the minds of the people that it is something that the Muslims that they partake in and is yani, a, a barbaric uh, and, uh, yani, na'am, a barbaric uh, yani, uh, war yani, or, or it is uh, uh, barbaric uh, war engagements, military engagements which are barbaric. Now, there's no doubt that they have attempted for many years throughout time to paint the Muslims as those who have a military or a belief and uh, practice amongst themselves towards engaging in, in military expeditions against non-believers in a manner which involves transgression and barbarism. But jihad, jihad for the one who does any kind of justice to this topic in Islam, Jihad is in its origin. It simply means to, to, to strive and to struggle. And it is of many types. Jihad is of many types. Jihad against the soul. Jihad is of many types. Jihad, the jihad of a person striving to, to fight against or when he fights against his soul, when his soul whispers to him to do evil, jihad in doing good, in doing everything that is good and staying away from that which is evil. 
the jihad in, 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 in learning, the jihad, even the description, the jihad that has come concerning calling others to the truth and speaking the just word. All of this is jihad. Hajj has been described as a jihad. When a woman gives birth, it's been described as jihad. Jihad is of many types, many levels. But yes, there is also the jihad of fighting. Or we could say military engagement. And so, just as the Western societies and other yani, religious societies and communities, they have a body of laws and they have constitutions in place and a legal code within the framework of their law as it relates to going to war or engaging in military activity. Islam and Muslims, as a society, they are no different. They are no different. If and when there is a need to partake in military engagement, there is a legal code. There are rules and regulations that are dictated and enforced by the highest authority, by the legally appointed Muslim ruler and leader. He is the only one who, who possesses the authority to order, to order with any type of military expedition, military uh, activity. He's the only one who can instruct with military engagement for what he deems to be in the interests of the Muslims. A legitimate ruler with a governing body in place, with an organized army, that are fully trained and taught the strict rules of military engagement according to the laws of Islam. Even the children of Israel, of, of Israel the children of Israel, they knew this. They knew that a condition, one of the main conditions of military expeditions is that there must be the uh, 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 recognized legitimate Ruler. In Surah Al-Baqarah, where Allah Taala mentions, "Alam tara ila ila malik min bani Israel min min baghi Musa if qalu li nabiyin lahum ibaath lana malikan qatil fi sabilillah." Even Bani Israel knew that jihad requires a leader. Alam tara ila ila malik min bani Israel min baghi Musa. Have you not seen to to those people after Musa السلام, if لهم, when they said to a prophet of theirs send forward for us a malik a king that we fight behind him they recognize that jihad is not just half has a chaos just anyone we just anyone we group of but group of them come together and go and fight when the situation dictates or necessitates from them that they go out and fight. And so this is 
from the greatest of conditions that any form of military activity or expeditions are to be carried out under the strict order of the legitimate leader of the Muslims. Now, and it is not like it's portrayed that the, Muslim, that the Muslims participate in, in fighting uh, military warfare uh, in a random manner, haphazard, uh, chaotic manner. Now, without rules and without regulations, that couldn't be further from the truth of Yulikhwa. And just one hadith, just one hadith in this regard, the hadith of Mu'adh ibn Anas, عنه, where he said that, he said, غَزَوْتُ مَعَ Allah." I went out uh, on an expedition with the Prophet of Allah. Such and such expedition. Now, but the army and those who were with them, they made it so that the people could not leave their homes. People could not leave their homes. The, the, where they had. Uh, the, when they had come to this place, to this location, to meet the, 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 the enemy, and now at this point engaged in warfare. However, those who were with the Messenger of Allah and the army had made it so that the people could not leave their homes. And it was difficult for them. And so they and they cut off the roads, the pathways. And so the Prophet he sent out one to announce to the people, that whoever is responsible for making it that people cannot leave their homes or access their homes or that he's responsible for cutting off the pathways then there is no jihad for him there is no jihad for him this is just one example there are strict rules and codes in Islam he forbade strongly وسلم, from the killing of women, of children, of the elderly, of monks, and those who confine themselves to their places of worship. He forbade from the destroying of trees and crops and, and buildings and, the, and the, the property of people. Contrast that to what we see from the uh, from the IDF from the Israeli government contrast that to this now we say that that the messenger Muhammad that he would become angry if he saw any of that being violated now 
as opposed to this is the Sharia of Islam. These are the, 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 the laws and rules and regulations come to Islam. Contrast that to the, 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 that which we see before us and that which we see from the leaders and that which is within their legislation in that they will even publicly announce that their legislation teaches them to go out and kill every man, woman, child, and even livestock. And they announce it openly. And they announce it openly. Without any condemnation from those who are quick to condemn the Muslims. Without even knowing or we should say playing ignorant to the fact that this is the Sharia of Islam. As for the actions of those Muslims who, who violate any of that which we just heard, then they are not representing that which is clearly established in the Sharia of Islam. Rather, we say they've gone astray and they are misguided. However, all of this, my brothers, and more. Naam. All of this and more, the Muslim was informed via the revelation. He was informed, and we are informed, of the enmity of the Jews and Christians towards the Muslimin. And that is why Allah mentions in the Quran, وَلَا تَجَدَنَّ أَشَدَّ النَّاسَ عَدَاوَةً إِلَّا ذِينَ آمَنُوا الْيَهُودِ you will find those who are most severe in the enmity towards the Muslims, Al-Yahud, the Jews, and those who ascribe partners to Allah in the transgression against the Muslims. And this is there before everyone's eyes for the world to see. Look at their transgression, their enmity and their hatred towards the, the Muslims. And we say, we make clear that the Muslim can hold beliefs towards the Jews and Christians. And other than them, from the atheists or the Hindus or any other people of any other faith, the Muslim can hold beliefs towards them or as it, as it relates to them. Of course, the Muslim, the Muslim's beliefs consists of aspects of creed and belief which are closely connected to the Jews and Christians because we believe in them at one point, at one stage, being the chosen people. Those who were chosen to be sent prophet after prophet after prophet. Yes, Bani Israel. And in the time of Musa al-Islam and their prophets, from them, those who were Muslim, those who were the chosen people, those who were the believers. Now, and so we, yes, we are closely connected. So is it, is it, يعني, uh, is it impossible, is it difficult to understand that the Muslim belief will have matters that are connected to the previous nations before because we hold them to be nations before us who were given the book and sent messengers and sent prophets and we have many aspects of many aspects that we, agree, we do agree upon or we, the basis of it we agree upon for example the belief in the prophets the belief in the books the belief in the angels the belief in the last day the belief in the, sto in, in, in the story of Adam and other than that, 
the belief in the coming of the Messiah, the coming of the, of the, of the Messiah, in many aspects. Now, and so the Muslim can hold beliefs regarding the Jews and Christians, specifically because, again, we hold them to be nations that exist, existed and continue to exist, and closely connected to this nation. Now, so the Muslim can hold these beliefs regarding them, and that they are condemned to an evil end, to an evil abode, and that their fate is such and such, in this life and in the next, without transgressing against him. It's possible a Muslim, he can hold beliefs about the people, but yet not transgress. And so for example, that which is not unique only to the Muslims, not unique only to the Muslims, the Jews themselves, they believe that whosoever doesn't believe in what they believe in, then everybody else other than them, then they will dwell in the fire. The Christians, likewise, they believe that whoever doesn't believe in Jesus being the Lord and Savior, whoever doesn't believe in that will not enter the kingdom of God, will not enter the kingdom of heaven, and so, they, so then he is doomed to the, to, 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 to the fire. They hold the same beliefs. But yet from them, those who can continue within this worldly life, continue to live alongside people of other faiths, alongside the Muslims, alongside the Jews, and not transgress against them. We say likewise the Muslim. The Muslim holds these beliefs and he has these beliefs. However, he at the same time does not incite any violence towards them of any sort. He doesn't incite any kind of violence towards them, towards the Jews or towards Christians or other than them. He can hold these beliefs just like the Jews and Christians or people of other faiths. Whilst at the same time not transgressing against them. The Muslim is no different. And in fact the Muslim is or, has been ordered to be kind to the non-believers, those who do not fight, those who do not fight them on account of their faith and their religion. Now, Allah does not forbid you. Allah does not forbid you from being kind to those who do not fight you on account of your religion and those who do not expel you from your homes. Naam. And Allah Ta'ala He mentions, Inna Allah yuhibbal muqsiteen. Allah loves those who are just. This is our religion. Our religion orders with this. As for that which we hear, there are those who ex whose faith orders them with the killing of every man, woman and children, and children and even animals. As for our religion, it orders with being kind. 
that you are good from birth, that you are good to them. وَتُقْسِطُ إِلَيْهِمْ And you are just to them. كذلك لا يجرمنكم more than one place in the text within Islam. وَلَا يَجْرِمَنَّكُمْ شَنْعَانَ قَوْمِنَا عَلَىٰ أَلَّا تَعْدِلُوا اِعْدِلُوا هُوَ أَقْرَبُ لِلتَّقْوَىٰ وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهِ خَبِيرٌ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ Do not let the hatred of the people allow you to become unjust. اِعْدِلُوا Be just. It is closer to piety and taqwa. Fear Allah. Indeed, Allah sees all that you do. And so the Muslim who abides by this legislation, by the laws of Islam, the strict laws of Islam and, and code of military uh, engagement, then he, is a, he, he has this belief that Allah sees everything that he does. And so he upholds all of these rulings. He doesn't kill women. He doesn't kill children. He doesn't uh, destroy a, 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 a land to, to this degree where everything is destroyed. Buildings and uh, everything is, is to, nothing remains. Nothing remains for the people in that, in that, in that, uh, in that location. And so the Muslim, he he can hold these beliefs, yet he doesn't transgress. In fact, the Muslim who follows correctly and closely the methodology of the Prophet and the Sahab and the Salaf of this Ummah, the early Muslims of this Ummah, he, he even holds beliefs regarding other Muslims. You would, you could, يعني, beliefs that are serious in nature towards other Muslims. But yet he maintains justice and he maintains good dealings with them. The Prophet Muhammad, the Prophet Muhammad he said that the Ummah was split into 73 sects. Just as the, Christ, the Jews and the Christians had split into sects. The, Christ, the Jews had split into 71 sects, all of them in the fire except for one. The Christians into 72, all of them in the fire except for one. He said, and this nation will split into 73 sects. All of them are in the fire except for one. So we say, even from the Muslims, there are those who are threatened with the fire. And in fact, from the Muslims, we say there are those who are kilabun nar. From the Muslims, there are those who are dogs of the fire, dogs of the hellfire. The Rasul, he described the Khawarij, that sect that would appear from the Muslims. So they are Muslim. He said, Hum kilabun nar. He said, they are the dogs of the hellfire. He said that they are the worst of those who were killed under the sky. Muslims. We can hold these beliefs about even other Muslims. But yet we don't transgress. And so the Muslim may be trialed with having such beliefs that have entered his, his home. He could have a family member or someone he knows who has these beliefs. The Khariji beliefs. Belief. He could have these, he could, be, he could be faced with interacting with those who have these beliefs, but yet he maintains, he maintains, he, he, he may engage in dialogue with them, 
and he tries to teach them the correct teachings and bring them back to guidance but he doesn't transgress and so this is no different that the Muslim he maintains good dealings with those who do not transgress and fight against him but just like as they say that so and so have the right to defend themselves the Muslim likewise has the right to defend himself that if there is a people who attack them then they are allowed to, 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 to engage in military, military in, yani, uh, war, warfare with them and to defend themselves this is jihad now and so in the same manner the prophetic narrations make mention that towards the end of time that Muslims that they will go to war with the Christians they will go to war with the Jews and all of that is under this context yani that, it, that all of that will take place under legitimate leadership with strict rules and guidelines that are maintained those laws of engagement and so they will go out and partake in military military expeditions and they will fight alongside their ruler at the time the Mahdi Muhammad ibn Abdullah one who the messenger Muhammad prophesied and said that they will fight behind a just ruler behind a just and guided ruler who would have the same name as Muhammad he would be called Muhammad and so they will fight behind him they will fight behind under the leadership and authority of Isa ibn Maryam under Jesus the son of Mary Naam thus the messenger of Allah he said in that hadith recorded by my Muslim by Abu Huraira لا تقوم الساعة حتى يقاتل المسلمون اليهود the hour will not be established until the Muslims fight the Jews فيقتل المسلمون فيقتلهم المسلمون so the Muslims will they will kill them again under legitimate warfare situation under a legitimate warfare situation with those strict rules and regulations not in the manner that they do killing indiscriminately no that is not, that's not Islam that's not our religion maybe your religion but not our religion in our religion we're forbidden from even taking down the trees that's our religion in our religion we're forbidden from making it so that people continue and he said the Muslims will kill them and this will be after the Muslims and the Christians have an alliance together or where they come together to defeat a common enemy as has come in a number of other hadith 
wherein the Muslim armies and the Christian armies will join forces to defeat a common enemy from the east. A common enemy from the east. And then when that enemy is defeated, that will be followed by those two armies, the Muslim and Christian armies, both going to war with each other. And as the hadith mentions, and this will put up, uh, take place uh, in Sham, in, in Damascus, where, or close to there, where, as the Messenger of Allah, he described that Allah will send an army who will be the best of the armies on the earth at that time from Medina to go and aid the Muslim army that are, are, are camped there in that location. And when they come to aid their brothers, from the Muslim army will be a third, third of them who will flee. Allah will never forgive them. A third will go and will be killed in the way of Allah. They are the best of martyrs in the sight of Allah. And the last third will bring about the victory for the Muslims. That will be followed by the release and the, the sending of the Masih al-Dajjal, the false Christ. Remember, my brothers, that all three of these religions, Ahlul Kitabain, the people of the two books, the Jews and the Christians, and the Muslims are all waiting for the Messiah. The Jews, as Sheikh Abdul Aziz bin Ubaz said, that this affair, this Qadiyya Palestinia, this matter of Palestine, is not as they make out. It is an Israeli Arab thing. No. It is Qadiyya Islamiyya. It is a religious matter. There, are, there, are, there is a creed behind even what they do. The Jews are waiting for the Messiah. The Christians are waiting for the Messiah. The Jews rejected the Messiah when he came. Isa salam, Jesus, they rejected him, which was their nature. They even killed the prophets. They even killed the prophets. But they rejected Isa salam. And as Ibn Qayyim, rahimahullah, he said, as he described the principle and the rule with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that whosoever, man a'rad anil haqq, ubtiliya bil baqil, whoever, whoever turns away from the truth, then they are put to trial with falsehood. And almost like put to trial with the opposite. So, for example, the Jews, when they failed to ac accept the true Masih when he came, Jesus, the son of Mary, when they rejected him, then they were put to trial with the opposite. And they will be put to trial with the opposite. Now, because they rejected him, then they're waiting for the Masih, still waiting for him, because according to them, he didn't come. And they will follow him. They will follow the Masih, the which Masih? The false Masih. So put to trial with the opposite. They will follow the Masih. According to them, they're, according to them, they're, they're following the Masih. But they're following the Masih al-Batil. Kathab. The false Masih. Now, the Christians, on the other hand, were put to trial also. Because when they failed to accept 
Isa alayhi salam as Abdullah wa Rasul as his servant and his messenger and went beyond bounds it couldn't couldn't suffice with just that they had to go beyond bounds it wasn't sufficient no he's ilah he's ibnullah he's a god alongside Allah he is, he's, he is his son then they were put to trial with, with the opposite because in ilah you venerate right you venerate and extol magnify look how they were put to trial with the opposite because whoever turns away from the truth is put to trial with this opposite so look how it is from their faith from their iman to also belittle their god so they are pleased with the fact that he was the laughing stock of the jews that he was dragged through the streets of jerusalem on the cross nailed to the cross with a crown of thorns placed on his on his head and all of that is iman you must believe in that that he went through that died for our sins and so on and they've made it a pillar of their faith now al-muhim is that the jews are still waiting for the messiah and from them those who just like we mentioned the jews split into sex they are of sex the christians are of sex from the jews those who believe that the messiah there are certain conditions that need to be in place for him to come so from them those the zionists those who believe that the house the house of israel has to be restored that's when he'll come so when israel and the people and the children of israel or the people of israel they regain the, the, the strength power now and the house of israel the temple is rebuilt now from them those who interpret the text because ta'wil the various interpretations amongst them from them those who hold no the messiah will only come when we are dispersed in the lands and it's imperative for, 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 for us to be dispersed and not not have a land for ourselves and not have strength because that's the very reason he'd be sent to give us strength we must be weak in the first place so they're of sex the christians likewise my brothers from them zionists who believe that the messiah will come again the second coming of jesus and when he comes he will convert the jews who initially rejected him they, he will he will show to them that he was the messiah that they rejected and now you have no choice except to believe in the church and to believe in what the christians believe in and so he will convert the jews and so for, for the zionist christians and there are those from the christians who hold that there are more zionist christians than zionist jews and that is why you find them aiding why do you think the christian leaders are aiding the jews to return back to israel or to return back to that land hmm? it's belief creed now and that's when the messiah will come the muslims likewise we believe that the messiah will come but he will come and he will uphold the belief that all of his brothers of the prophets from the prophets 
were all upon the belief of Islam submission to the one true God to worship him alone just like his, his brothers from the prophets who came before him none of them called to other than that they all called to the worship of one true God and he will be with the Muslims now and so within this hadith coming back to the hadith that when the Muslims then turned their attention to the Jews who would come with the false messiah when he when he's released and he can't and he, and he will come with 70,000 Jews from Isfahan with him that's when the armies will meet and when that will take all of this will take place that we're now hearing within this hadith wherein the Muslims will fight the Jews uh, up until the Jew will hide behind the trees and the rocks and so the trees and the rocks will say, Ya Muslim, Ya Abdullah, O Muslim, O servant of Allah, this is a Jew behind me, come and kill him under warfare conditions behind a leader. And again, we can hold beliefs concerning the Jews, but without transgressing against them, we say, make it, we make it absolutely clear. Any Jew that you may know, you have a Jewish neighbor, you have a Jewish colleague at work here. It's upon you to be good to them. Don't transgress. We don't transgress. There's no contradiction between having these beliefs and beliefs concerning future events, prophecies, things that will take place in the life of this world, but also things that will take place in the hereafter. That the non-believers in that which has come from the one true God, those who do not believe, if they die without believing, then our belief is that they will dwell in the fire. We can hold these beliefs, yet at the same time, not transgress. And so, with everything that's going on, everything we're talking about today, at the same time, we are good to anyone who we may come across from the Yehud, whether that's a neighbor, whether that's a colleague, or a stranger, we are good to them, and we don't transgress. That is Islam. Now, and so we hold these beliefs which have come from them, the fact that the Yehud are Jubana, and that's the explanation behind the Jews hiding during this uh, event, this great event, when the Jews will hide behind trees and rocks. Because they are cowardly. And Allah Ta'ala he mentions this in the Quran. And that they That they love life and hate to die. And that is what, again, likewise in the Quran, Surah Al-Hashr. La yuqatilunakum jami'an illa fi quran muhassanah aw min wara'i judur ba'suhum baynahum shadeed. They do not fight you even together. 
except behind fortified townships behind fortresses as has happened in Khaybar the battle of Khaybar they hide behind fortresses or behind walls because they are cowardly and for information's sake there is one called Scott Scott Ritter or something of this nature who was a, f a former um, uh, former US uh, Marine Corps officer and worked for the United Nations Commission he very recently one who is commenting on the IDF on a recent video he posted saying that the IDF is a soft army the IDF is a, is a soft is, 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 is soft military soft military scared to engage scared to engage yes he said and, and they, 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 they hate to, to die scared to die this is a non-Muslim one who is qualified to, 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 to talk about these matters he said yes everyone hates to die even US soldiers everybody hates to die but the IDF from his observation from their military engagement is that they're a soft military and they are scared to engage scared to fight scared to die we accept in war there is going to be a degree and amount of death now we, we end with uh, that which uh, we say lays out for the Muslim or gives to him the, the hope and good news and God tidings that the, that the end result is with the Muslimin and the Muttaqin. The end praiseworthy result is with the Muslims and those who turn back to their religion practice that which they ought to practice. Surah Al-Isra. Surah Al-Isra. How does that surah begin? Surah Al-Isra. Subhanallah asra bi'abdihi laylan minal masjid al-haram lil masjid al-aqsa alladhi barakna hawla. Surah Al-Isra. Name Surah Al-Isra because it begins with the mention of the Isra, the night journey. Glorified is he who took his slave on the night by night from Masjid al-Haram in Mecca to Masjid al-Aqsa in Jerusalem. Now, that is why it is referred to as Surah al-Isra. But it is also referred to with another name. Anyone know the other name? It's Surah. Just like we have uh, Surah Al-Ikhlas has more than one name. Surah Al-Tawheed. Surah Al-Ahad. Surah Al-Isra has another name. Surah is Surah Bani Israel. Surah Bani Israel. Also referred to as Bani Israel. Why? Because just in the next um, verses that follow. وَأَتَيْنَا مُوسَى الْكِتَابِ وَجَعَلْنَاهُ دَنْ لِبَنِ إِسْرَائِيلِ we gave the book to Musa and we made it a guidance for the Bani Israel. A guidance for Bani Israel. 
And from the verses that follow, the scholars they mention from those who attempted to make tafsir and explain these verses, because scholars differ concerning the next few verses that we're going to mention. But from them, those who say, who say that the following verses were now mentioned to show to the Messenger of Allah that after the night journey, after you've been taken from Mecca to Masjid al-Aqsa, glad tidings that you are going to conquer Bayt al-Maqdis. And Bayt al-Maqdis will fall to the Muslims. And so Allah Taala he mentions, وَقَضَيْنَا إِلَى بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ فِي الْكِتَابِ And so we, we decreed to Bani Israel in the book, لَتُفْسِدَنَّ فِي الْأَرْضِ مَرَّتَيْنِ that you should indeed cause corruption twice in the lands. Bani Israel, you shall indeed cause corruption twice in the lands. And you shall become extremely haughty and tyrannical. And cause tyranny. Transgression. Now, فَإِذَا جَاءَ وَعَدُوا لَهُمَا And so when the first of those two times comes, the first corruption they cause, بَعَثْنَا عَلَيْكُمْ عِبَادًا لَنَا We will send servants, we will send upon you servants of ours. أُلُوا بَأْسٍ شَدِيدٍ فَجَاسُوا خِلَالَ الدِّيَارِ we will send our servants against you. Those who are stern, stern against you and who will run through your homes. Now, that is a promise fulfilled. A promise that will be fulfilled. After that first corruption they will cause, Allah will send those who will come and punish them. And be harsh against them and expel them from their homes. Then we shall give you victory over them again. After this first time and after the, the, those, Allah will send those who he sends against them. Now, and we shall, we shall increase you in children and in, in, in the Amwali Wabanin, with wealth and children. And we will make you يعني, strong as it relates to manpower. To manpower. You'll be given manpower. Followed by فَإِذَا جَاءَ وَعَدُ الْآخِرَةِ لِيُسُوَ وُجُوهَكُمْ وَلِيَدُخُلُ الْمَسْجِدِ كَمَا دَخُلُوهُ أَوَّلَ مَرَّةِ When the second time comes, meaning the second time you cause corruption thereafter, then they will disgrace your faces, meaning those who he sends again, will disgrace your faces and they shall enter the masjid again. Which masjid? Masjid Al-Aqsa. Just as they entered it the first time. Now the scholars are different here. Prophecies, clear prophecies. 
by Bani Israel that they were going to cause corruption, that they will cause corruption twice on the earth, and each time Allah will send those who He sends against them. Many of the scholars, and you can say the majority, they said that this has already taken place, and they attempted to explain the, 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 the two times that they caused corruption and the people who were sent against them. So from them, those who said that when they, the first corruption they caused was when they killed, um, when they killed the prophets of Allah, Yahya and Zakariya. And so Allah, he sent, he sent uh, Nebuchadnezzar, the Persian king, who entered and uh, he, he killed many of them, took many of them as prisoners and expelled them. From them, those who said Jalut, it was Jalut, Goliath. And again, history bore witness to them. These, these uh, individuals did enter, did enter uh, Jerusalem. And other than that was said. However, from them, those who said that the nature of the likes of these verses in that they contain prophecies, it's difficult, it's not so straightforward to pinpoint exactly what, or, yani, what this is referring to. From them, those who said that, that yes, the first time, was the likes of Jalut or Bukhtanassar and that the second time was the message of Muhammad the second corruption that they caused was when Muhammad was sent and the corruption that they caused in that they tried with numerous attempts to kill the message of Muhammad and to bring about uh, destruction and harm to the Muslims now so from them those who said this from them those who said that the first time the first corruption was them was them uh, in their corruption that they caused in Medina and other than Medina in Khaybar when they again did what they did towards the messenger and the sahaba and remember that at Khaybar when uh, the Jewish woman she served the food this was after the battle and after they had taken the fortresses and even then when the Muslims when they uh, when they conquered Khaybar, that from the Jews, those who had fled, ran, leaving behind their women and children. Jubana, Jubana, they left their women and children and ran. Cowardly. Naam. Soft military. Naam. The Jewish woman who came and served the food, and she poisoned the animal, the, 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 the sheep as, as far as I remember, or and the animal that was served. And because she knew that the messenger Muhammad he loved the shoulder, to, he loved to eat the shoulder, that she, she, she 
put most of the poison there. And <coughs> uh, when the messenger of Allah he took from it and ate from it, it's mentioned in some narrations that the bone of the animal spoke to him. And so he, he had already eaten what he ate, but then left the rest from those who were with him, those who ate and died on the spot. However, the messenger of Allah he became ill due to that, but he didn't die because Allah Ta'ala had not yet completed the mission and when she was brought to the messenger of Allah Zainab bint Al-Harith, when she was brought and asked, why did you do that? She said, because it was a test to see that if you were just a king wanting to, to uh, conquer and يعني, take land and possessions and spoils of war and so on, then يعني, the poison would kill you and we would be free from you. But that if you are a prophet, if you truly are a prophet, then Allah would not allow you to eat from it. And so then the Messenger of Allah, he lived for another three years. He lived for another three years. And so it's mentioned that she then accepted Islam because she saw that he was a prophet. Now, and then on his deathbed, the Messenger of Allah, he said to Aisha, he said that I still feel the effects of the poison that the woman had put in that food. So the other scholars they mentioned that he died from that poison. So the Yehud, they, they, they killed the Messenger of Allah. What we say is that Allah Ta'ala, he combined that this in essence, in essence and in reality was a blessing and a good thing for the Messenger Muhammad Why? Because Allah Ta'ala had combined for him between the highest levels possible. The highest levels is what? An-Nabuwa, Shahada, and Darajat Siddiqiyah. The highest levels. The level of prophethood, the level of martyrdom, the level of truthfulness, Siddiqin, was Shuhada. And so Allah combined for him between being a prophet, being a martyr, so he died from poison because we know that the one who dies from poison dies as a martyr. So Allah combined for him between being a prophet, a martyr, and being from the Siddiqin because he was Sadiq al Mustuq. Because he was Sadiq al Mustuq. Naam. However, the Jews, the point being, is the Jews, they ifsad. So the first ifsad from the scholars, those who said that the first corruption was them, yani, uh, with the, and everything that they did towards the Messenger Muhammad and the Muslims and the Sahaba. And then, as we know, that the Muslims eventually expelled the Jews, the three tribes of Medina, the Jews, the Jewish tribes that were there in Medina, Banu. Nadir, Banu Quraidha, and Banu Qinuqa'ah. All three of them. And then also the Jews that were in Khaybar. Banu Nadir were exiled to, to, to Khaybar. 
نعم. And so the fulfillment of that first promise because Allah he mentions that when the first time they caused corruption we will send against you servants of ours now that which led some of, this, some, of, some of those who made tafsir of this verse to say that look the reason why we can't say it's Nebuchadnezzar or Jalut and that they يعني, that it was those that were sent is because Allah he seldom mentions kuffar as servants of ours he doesn't refer to kuffar Nebuchadnezzar Jalut or the Romans because the Romans did enter Jerusalem also. He never refers to them as Ibad and Mana. But that which no doubt is stronger is to say that Ibad and Lana is referring to servants of ours, those who are believers. And so none of them were believers. And secondly, after the second time, when they will enter the masjid like they entered it the first time. None of those nations, Bukhtanassar, Jalut, the Romans, entered it twice. None of them entered it twice. As for the Muslims, now if we refer to the first, the first of those who were sent against them after their first corruption, then the Messenger Muhammad and the Sahaba. And in the time of Umar, they conquered Bayt al Maqdis. And they took over Bayt al Maqdis. As for the second time from them, those who say now, now that which we are, see, we are experiencing right now, Sheikh Saleh, Sheikh, the former uh, minister of Islamic affairs in the Mamluka, Sheikh Saleh, Al Sheikh, Hafidullah, when he said, he said concerning this Wa'd al Akhirah, the second time, the second corruption they will cause, and the second um, sending of those who will. Uh, be sent against them. He said, "Rubuma yakun or takun hiyalati nahnu fiha al-an, or fima sayati." Perhaps it is that which we're, which we're seeing now, experiencing now, or that which is to come, or that which is to come. And likewise, Allah Taala He mentions towards the end of the surah, again referring to that second time. فَإِذَا جَاءَ وَعْدُ الْآخِرَةِ فَإِذَا جَاءَ وَعْدُ الْآخِرَةِ when that second time comes, we shall bring you Lafifa. The Shaykh mentions, we shall bring you in groups, large groups, meaning, we will bring you together all to the place of your slaughtering and your killing. Hmm? That Allah will bring them all together. Look at those verses. That Allah will then, after the first time, give them victory again. Give them the upper hand. And we will strengthen you with wealth. Are they not wealthy at the moment and have the resources and the wealth that is given to them from the various other nations? And, and increase them in, in children and how they are uh, 
they, they, they have called for the, 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 the Jews from all over the world to come and in essence make hijrah migrate to these lands that they've occupied to come together and Allah has given them has given them children and we shall give you manpower do they not have armies willing to support them and aid them and manpower behind them now and they will enter the masjid just as they entered the first time just as the Muslims entered it the first time in the time of Umar they will, they will enter again and this is what the Shaykh was saying that we will bring you together to the place of your killing your slaughtering, your demise now and that is Allah knows best but possible as the Shaykh was saying in that which is to follow whether that is in the time of the Masih al-Dajjal when the um, Antichrist or the false Messiah will come and that which we mentioned in the Hadith that which we referred to in the Hadith where the Muslims will fight uh, against the Jews and it's possible that that is referring to that time so with that we end with uh, with summarizing and going back to the hadith which was the very first hadith that we mentioned wherein the messenger of Allah clearly stated that the ummah will be in a state of humiliation and Allah will send down this humiliation upon them and the only way that that can be removed is for the Muslims to return back to the religion there is no other way no other choice there's no there's no shortcut there's no fast tracking there's no hack that's the only way returning back to our religion putting a flag on the car a Palestinian flag is not going to cut it it's not going to cut it it's not sufficient hmm? going on demonstrations and the likes of these things that is not returning back to our religion returning back to our religion is exactly that to return back to the religion in its with its first and foremost with its foundations and its pillars to return back to the, what Islam is built upon Tawheed and Sunnah that is the only choice that we have وَفَقَ لما يحبه ويرضى وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين. جزاكم الله خير.